Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 25 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. 35 years young today. And, yeah. Uh, feeling it. Feeling good. Feeling good, dude. Fuck yeah. Happy birthday. It's a big one. 35. This is episode 25, so uh, big milestone for the podcast, too. I feel like we just started this shit, but it's been 25 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man does feel like it was just uh just yesterday but yeah it was uh uh, uh rookie camp yeah it kind of started uh kick things off yeah and we've seen uh, jesus christ a whirlwind of red wings hockey just some of the worst hockey i've seen in my life and some of, some of the most exciting stuff back in october when dylan larkin sucker punch matthew joseph we'll get to sucker punching soon but um yeah, yeah, that's definitely on the agenda. Is, uh, is another, as another, uh, I'll say a similar soccer punching scandal. Yes, uh, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, big news just dropped a couple hours ago. Um, April fifth is the day, so we'll put this out tonight. But Ryan Getzlaff calls it quits after this year. Um, a phenomenal career with Ryan Getzlaff. I grew up watching him. He's always been that big, mean, physical, but also skillful player that led. The Anaheim, Anaheim Ducks for so long. Um, I know you wanted to say some stuff about it, so floor is yours. Uh, uh, yeah, to me, um, you know, Getz, uh, Getz was a, a big part of, um, my, I don't want to say my childhood, but in, uh, well in my teenage, my high school years, as he's about, I think, two years older than I am. Um, you know, watching him, uh, uh, World Juniors, dominate uh, and dominate in um you know world juniors and, and world championships and then go on um he i believe he may have won no no okay i'm thinking the wrong guy so i'm not even gonna finish that sentence but i know ryan ryan getzlaff um won a gold medal at the for team canada at the world under 18 a gold medal at the world juniors the world championships, uh, two Olympic gold medals for team Canada. He also wanted a, a silver medal for Canada, at the world championships and a silver medal at the world juniors, uh, 2007 Stanley cup champion with Anaheim. He's been the ducks captain since 2010. Um, and I believe he will leave as I believe he is their all time leading goal scorer and points getter. I'm not sure about assists and I'm not even sure about goals and points, but I know he leads one of those categories. He has um, most points and most assists. Okay. And so most games played. The, okay. So he doesn't have the goals. I said he had the goals. So he has assists and points. I said goals and points. So uh, I guess I'm only half stupid, which is decent. So yeah, Tamu has the most goals, but I mean, if you have more assists, more points, more games split at Tamu Solani, you did something right in your career. Um, he played 1,150 games. He's probably going to end with like 1,160. Um, 1,165, I guess it would be. Over 1,000 points. So great career. Got a Stanley Cup, all the stuff that you mentioned. Uh, definitely a legend. First ballot Hall of Famer? Brian Gatslav? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's a member of the Triple Gold Club. Um, uh, which is something very few guys have done, which is a Stanley Cup, an Olympic gold medal, a World Juniors gold, and, and then let's not tag on, you know, World Championships and, 
you know, he's up there with the likes of Sidney Crosby doing it and Corey Perry, uh, Scott Niedermeyer, you know, there's not a lot of other guys. Um, you know, there, there's guys that I'm missing a hundred percent, but the guys that I named, let you know, the stage that that's on that the guys that have done that is few and far between. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a legend. Um, Phil Kessel, the new Iron Man. Uh, it was, it came out on what Sunday that, uh, Mike, yo, was yeah, gonna... he, uh, Philadelphia decided to, to scratch, to scratch iron Keith iron Yandel. Yeah, 989 games consecutively played, which is about 13 seasons. Um, Just for context, I could be off by a bit, but the average NHL career is just over three years. This guy added 10 years onto the average career length and played every single fucking game. And uh, I want to get your take on it first. Like, what are your thoughts about Yo and the Flyers scratching uh, Yans before his 1,000 games consecutive streak played? It's fucking amateur hour in Philadelphia. Is what <laughs> yeah. it fucking looks like I'm not, I'm not even gonna pull a punch. Um, yeah, I absolutely love Keith Yandel. Um, anybody who's a true hockey fan knows the the true Keith Yandel from from pretty much from interviews on Spit and Chicklets. There, there's no way you can not love this guy. Um, yeah. You know, doing what he did. Yeah, okay, he doesn't go down. He doesn't block shots. He maybe he doesn't go and be <laughs> tough in the corners. But still, he's still good enough that, you know, two years ago in Florida, he put up 50 fucking points plus, Um, you know, he was never just some bum that was just wreaking havoc in the lineup. He was in the lineup for a very specific reason, and he always got his job done. Um, And and I think it's Bush League to take him out um, before, you know, 11 games before a thousand. Let it let him play the thousand like. You know, Kessel was most likely, yeah, beating him anyhow, um, was going to anyways pass him. So, yeah, just let him get to the thousand. There's nothing going on in Philadelphia anyway. Okay, you get to bring in these college guys or these guys that are done their junior careers uh, uh, in the Canadian leagues or whether it be uh, guys guys drafted that are coming out of uh, finishing college or whether it's um, – very many of the of these many uh, guys that were un, undrafted college free agents. Sorry, um, trying to find my words in the last couple in the last week or so that have been signed and and going to camps and or going to uh, teams and trying to get their legs under them. One of the biggest ones, uh, just while we're on it, I'll say uh, Jake Sanderson. Um, uh, you know, leaving North Dakota, the Fighting Sioux, and. He's just going to be, and you know what? I think I'm wrong. I don't even know if, is North Dakota even still the fighting Sioux? Uh, I think they I, are. I, Their I, hockey okay. team is. Okay. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought I saw them with some other mascot and I was like, oh, they must've changed their name. So I immediately thought it was some kind of a, you know, oh, they, a boycott they did change on, it. Oh, so it's, so what are they now? The North Dakota fighting Hawks. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So there was, so, so, um, but yeah, either way, Jake Sanderson coming out is going to be huge. And, um, now adding him, um, 
maybe next year at camp, Pierre Dorian will be a little more correct, but he still probably shouldn't say next year, hey, the rebuild's over. Yeah, I, I, I did want to like say something real quick about uh, the Keith Yandel Ironman streak. The fact that they cut it short by 11 games and this team is a dumpster fire, bottom feeder, bullshit, dog shit team. Um, It's kind of a joke, honestly. Like this guy was going to break one of the all-time records in the NHL and they scratched him for a bunch of guys who probably won't be here in two or three years um, to get some ice time in meaningless hockey. Uh, And also, I know like Keith Yandel didn't play his entire career in Philly. It's not like it's Claude Giroux playing... You know, it's not, it's not the same thing, but the fact that when you're a, a bottom feeder team like Detroit, like Philly, um, like fans need something to cheer for. And having a guy that's going to break an all time record is something that they can cheer for. There's a reason to watch those games because Keith Yandel is going to break an all time record. Um, so the fact that they did that and especially the fact that Keith Yandel is like great for locker rooms, like if you are going to bring these young guys in who better is there than Keith Yandel to be there for these guys, introduce them to the league, be by their side for their first couple games. I don't know. It, it just seems very like um, obligatory why they did that. Like it, it doesn't really make much, much sense to me, but um, yeah, but Phil Kessel will probably break the streak. Now we'll have something else to talk about in um, X amount of weeks, years, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Will it can, um, can he do it by season's end? I don't think so. No, think no, no, like no. I think it's next be- year. I think he's like 20, 15 or 20 behind, like too far that he can't. Uh, won't be enough catch- time. Phil, Phil can't catch up this year. I did see something on Twitter that was like, it doesn't seem right that. And I, I just, I disagree with the statement. I, I just want to put it out there. Uh, that Phil Kessel played that one shift against Detroit when he flew home um, for his uh, child's birthing that his streak is to continue for playing one shift. I, I mean, I don't agree with that. I'm just, just put it out there, put it out there. Okay. So, so to me, I, I think, um, I think first off it's classy of the, of the coyotes organization. To let them do that. Yeah. For, for things that I think of the coyotes organization. And that's because of things that my friend Steve Downey, um, had towards the organization. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that them doing that, yeah, that's good on the organization. But, like, yeah, it does kind of seem like they're skewing it. Like, if the game had been in Arizona yeah, and Kessel plays the shift and then, you know, gets undressed, jumps in his car and, and, and takes a <laughs> 20-minute drive to the hospital to be by his wife's side, that's one thing. But to have the jet gassed up, ready to go, yeah, just to get and like, I bet he just got skate guards on, like a little eight-year-old that you know gets dressed at <laughs> home before he goes to the rink. And I bet he just ran into a like a Range Rover outside of Little Caesars Arena, and then onto the jet, got dressed on the jet, showed up at the hospital. Like, yeah, I think it's one thing if the game's in Arizona. I think having the jet and all that shit and, and getting him out of Detroit seems a little Suspect. far, Yeah, but also great on the organization hey. because, hey, if his wife and him both agree to this, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. then why not do it? I agree. Because, hey, guess what also happened? 
they went out there and they got and he got an assist on the first fucking goal. Yeah. Right. And I mean, they beat us by a lot more than one goal, but he goes out and gets a point. Now that's a difference maker in the game. If he doesn't show up, um, not that, you know, we could completely say it's a whole different game, but if he doesn't show up, then we logically say that point doesn't, that goal doesn't happen in the, uh, in the first 27 seconds, I think. And, and maybe it's a whole different hockey game. So Phil Kessel's a difference maker in the hockey game yeah. is how I look at a sport. I was thinking about the if fucking something happened in that, in that game that he was a part of. He's a difference maker one way or the other. Yeah. I just have like this mental image of like Phil, like he gets into the dressing room and the trainer has like rollerblades that he just slips on his, uh, his skates. He's skating down the LCA ramps. He's got a hot dog in one hand. He's ready to fucking go. Uh, the PJ is waiting for him, like you said, yeah. But yeah, I, it'll be cool to see Phil Kessel break it. And if there's one guy in the league who you thought would have broken the Ironman streak, it's not fucking Phil Kessel. I'll tell you that for free. And uh, this is the same guy who had a jerk off layer in his basement, right? It, it was Phil Kessel? <laughs> the guy? Yeah, that, that that was never used in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the theater with one leather recliner. Yeah. All time move, by the way. Just like yeah, leave me yeah, alone. For sure. <laughs> Uh, the next thing on the list is the Taylor Hall sucker punch on uh, Labushkin. Um, you want to dive into that? Um, yeah. So I think the only thing uh, really um, maybe to talk about on that, on the Taylor Hall thing was, um, so he gets a $5,000 fine. Um, and there's the talk of, you know, Larkin got a game for what he did to Matthew Joseph in the first game. And it was very uh, similar and, and kind of a very similar thing. Um, and, and to, to get uh, a hall to not miss a game for a Boston team who is, you know, not, not barely making the playoffs, but fighting for a better spot. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, whether it was a, uh, an infringer, maybe a, an infringed upon call or something. Personally, I don't think so. Um, I, I think Larkin 100% got up and had the intent that he was going to just clock him. And I kind of think Hall was, you know, probably chirping at, at, um, Michigan. uh, who, sorry. Labushkin. Yeah, Labushkin. Um, I kind of think, and, and when Labushkin didn't turn around, I think Hall probably got pissed and just kind of yeah, clocked him. And, 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 and it, Hall gave him a lot more of an open hand and also kind of a little more like across the a face. A Will Smith. A Will Smith where, slap. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I agree. I don't, know, I, I don't know if Labushkin's married, but I hope his wife doesn't have alopecia. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I will say, like, disposed of her. Yeah. I mean, player safety, the Department of Player Safety, I should say, is a, a fucking joke. And if you, if you disagree, I think you're a fucking moron. But oh, absolutely you are if you disagree on that statement. Yeah. And I think that what Dylan Larkin got, a game and a fine, was sufficient. Like, he cold-cocked this guy out of nowhere. That's a one-game suspension. You can't do that. See you later. Taylor Hall only getting 5K for doing essentially the same goddamn thing that Dylan Larkin did. And not getting a one-game sussy, like, it, it tells you all I need to know about uh, Department of Player Safety. We'll get to another fuck-up of Department of Player Sa- Safety here shortly. Uh, here's what – hold on one second. I just want to cut you off just yeah. to get in. But, uh, 
before we get away from Larkin getting a, a, a game and a fine compared to Hall getting just a fine. Yeah. This is Larkin doing this is against the back-to-back cup champions in the first game of the season when the Red Wings are ahead by what, like four to one at that point, wasn't it? It was five, two or four to one. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. So at this point, it's, Hey, the, these two teams are, are completely equal. Now at this point of the season, it's, it's going, Hey, Kim, you know, do we take Hall out now? Who is an essential part? Maybe if Boston, if we take Hall out of a game for Boston and they lose that, and those are the essential two points that they missed the playoffs on, you know, and I think that is a big thing that the league does. Um, well, and I really think the league does that a kind of accountability thing um, where, but, uh, where they're at in the season and where teams aren't standing. I got to ask you, if that's the case, then why didn't Jay Beagle get at least a game for what he did to Troy Terry? If that if that's the same logic, Jay Beagle should have gotten at least one game. We'll, we'll get to that Jay, now. I think Jay Beagle should have gotten five. I mean, I wrote this down and I want to say it. Jay Beagle and my, I, I don't like Jay Beagle to begin with. I, I, it doesn't matter why, but I think he's a loser. The Coyotes are obviously a bunch of fucking losers. It's a loser organization. And Tyson Nash, that guy is becoming Jack Edwards 2.0. Uh, does, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I liked Tyson Nash as a player. I always liked Tyson Nash. I always respected the game he played. He was the kind of guy that knew his role. He was a guy, you know, a kind of Kurt Maltby, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kurt eh, Draper yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe not up to the same point. Maybe more Maltby than Drake. But anyway, he knew his role. He did it. But yes, for him to be saying the shit that he's, oh, if you're a fucking skilled player, you should no. You if you're a skilled idiot. player, you should show off your fucking skills. And yes, if somebody puts you through the boards, then guess what? Yeah, that's part yeah, of the, the game. fucking boards. Yeah, that, that that's part of the game, but yeah. not attack you like after the whistle. Like, yeah, so well, okay, if you know, if, if I'm picking the puck up, you know, behind your net and you just drive me through the boards, respectable. That's but on if you. I've already scored and now three seconds later you run me, but he stopped. The play's already over. Like, yeah, yeah. You just you're you're just pathetic. You're you're sour that I'm better than you and that's what it is. You want to show me out. Well, well, we should probably like set the scene uh, if, if people haven't seen it. Um, so what happened was Trevor Zegras faked it in between the leg shot. Well, I don't know if he faked it. You missed him between, in between the leg shot against uh, the Arizona Coyotes at dumpster fire. Um, he picked the puck off behind the net, picked it up. I Arizona say. State University Coyotes. Yep, here we come. And he wrapped that Michigan uh, pick up around his teammate, Sonny Milano and tucked it. Um, all fine and dandy. Nothing happened. Fast forward a couple minutes later into the game, five minutes left in the game. Uh, and the Anaheim Ducks are kicking the hell out of the coyotes five, nothing. Um, there's a loose nut in, in front. Uh, Trevor Zegers pokes at what he says is a loose puck. You can watch the replay. It doesn't look that loose. Um, we'll come back to that. Then here comes Jay Beagle with a cross check from hell to the back of Trevor Zegras uh, in between his numbers and his, uh, and his letters or his nameplate, uh, which is fine. I get it. Like if you're jabbing at a goalie, yes, a, a cross check is more than warranted. I think that's totally fair. 
What then happens is that Troy and, Terry. And I, and I believe, sorry, sorry, just to say, I do believe Zegras even said, I expect to get hit from behind in that situation. In the, in the but interview. Then, but then what happened to, to Troy was, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so sorry, go on. I yeah, just so, wanted to say, yeah, even, even Zegras said, hey, man, I expect to get what I got. Uh, right. but, but, you know, then someone took it too fucking far. Right. The point that we're taking too far is that Troy Terry comes to Trevor Ziggers' aid, kind of grabs Jay Beagle. Um, in Jay Beagle's defense, Troy Terry throws the first punch with his glove on. Jay Beagle then takes his own, takes it into his own hands and starts throwing haymakers at Troy Terry. After about between punch one and punch two that Beagle lands on Terry, Terry is falling over one arm in the air um, clearly isn't ready for a fight. He he shouldn't have done that. If he wasn't ready for a fight in the first place, but uh, Jay Beagle keeps going at him, punches him probably three or four more times while he's on the ground, which is unexcusable Uh, wires cross in Jay Beagle's head. um, If you want to call it that. Um, And then the goal on Tyson Nash, the coyotes announcer to say that if you want to get, what do you say? Skilled up? Then you have to expect this thing. Um, I'll yeah, let you yeah. Kinda... If you if you want to be all skilled up, uh, then you better be ready. Like, no, no, Nash. That was no man. That like, that wasn't okay to say. Like, oh, if you have talent, then like, you know, if if you're Pavel Dadsuk, then you better also have the strength of Bob Probert. No, <laughs> no. If yeah. you want to be skilled, you better be tough as nuts, bitch. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's not the game. Only and Ovechkin's like that. True. And Makachuk. But hey, I, I the the thing I wanted to transition is oh, to Kachuk. into man Makachuk. Dude, they're so nasty. They both that. are so nasty. Oh, no, they both are. I would just love to have Mac. Little offer sheet this summer. Um. Well, we, let, got, let's we got some cash. We got some cash. We got a lot of cash. But let's finish this up real quick, and then we'll get to the UFA stuff because there's a lot of juicy things that the Red Wings could do this summer. But um, Tyson Nash yeah, goes on like a spree live on TV saying that hockey is boring. It should always be boring. It should always be this old man. If you can't fight, get out, which it isn't. And I want to say one thing, first and foremost, that Tyson Nash, the generation before him, would have called him a big pussy. This is how hockey goes. Biz and Wit and these guys, their generation before them were tough sons of bitches. Bob Probert and all those guys. The game changes every generation. This generation is more exciting, more fun. They're going to try more crazy shit. Look at Lucas Raymond. Look at Trevor Zegers. The game's not as physical. And I love fucking fighting. The best moment of the year that I just mentioned for the Red Wings was when Dylan Larkin, Cold Cox, Matt Joseph, and there's a fucking massive fight. That was one of the best moments of the year. Was that an okay play? No. Was it exciting? Yes. This did it. Did it? No. Okay. Sorry. I'm gonna jump in. Was it an okay play? Ah. And you say no, sure, and sure. you're right. Yeah. But at the time, you know what? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, fuck you're yeah. You're gonna do this shit. This is Larkin. Larkin's just now. That was the first time he was really digging his teeth into this is my team. He also I got came the back. C, I got the C here. This is my team. You're gonna rough me up. You're gonna yeah. rough us up. No, nah, man, I'll be the and and you yeah. know what? And it was the first game of the season, 
and it was against a tough guy on the defending cup champ, the, you know, a tough guy that's got two cup rings on his finger and, and Larkin does it. And he shows, listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. You're not going to show me up and I'm the captain and I'm going to stand up for my team and I'll do this. And, yeah. and it happened to be Larkin and it didn't matter if it was Bertuzzi that did it, you know, and, and I still am, am like, Every time there's any kind of little scuffle after a whistle, um, I'm always like, "Where, where's 5-3? Where's 5-3? Because I'm know. waiting for Snyder <laughs> to just like, because you know, like anytime there's a scuffle, he just has the guy like at arm's length and the guy's always trying to like get to him and Snyder's just like pushing yeah. him back further. I'm just waiting for the time that Cider holds the guy and drops his glove and just starts feeding Wailing him. on him. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's going to happen. I'm waiting for that. Oh, it will. Because and, that, and the fact a, yeah. that he hasn't done it yet, sorry to cut off. The fact that he hasn't done it yet is, is something that I love and I admire because it's his poise showing that yeah. he's not just losing his shit over every little thing that happens. And you know what? He probably doesn't even see a need to lose his shit about anything this year. Let's wait till next year when we're in our playoff run. You know, when there's <laughs> when we're playing maybe Tampa or Toronto or somebody, Carolina, you know, Boston, Washington, whoever next year, and where you know we're in a playoff battle for uh, for a better spot. Uh, you know, cider. That's when cider is going to start going. Oh fuck you. But that's also when he's going to turn into maybe he won't do that. Maybe because he'll be too busy being Nick fucking Lindstrom. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing yeah! was, with, or maybe yeah. that'll be Edmondson. I don't know. I don't know. Well, a lot of options. But I was going to say when when what when happened to Larkin, all the things that you mentioned, first game of the year, all that first game as a, as a captain. It was also his first game back after getting cross-checked in the neck by Jamie Ben. A similar thing happened in this game. Dylan Larkin lost his fucking marbles, and rightfully so. I mean, someone's got to stand up for for him there, and if not him, and then who else? Like, he set the president there, and that's like when this team was – we knew from that moment this team wasn't going to get bitched around like they did years prior. This was a very different team. Uh, we're getting off topic from the uh, uh, Zegra stuff. We can wrap it up there. But, yeah, similar situations but different outcomes, and – to put a bow on that whole thing, Jay Beagle did not get a game for that. He didn't get a suspension, a fine, anything like that. So another okay, letdown. Okay, he didn't even get a fine, eh? That's no. that's what I was. No. Wow, that that seems a little ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we can move on. I mean, focusing on the Red Wings for this Red Wings podcast, we have a big, big, big off season coming up. Um, the way the team is trending. Uh, hey, can we just hold on before we jump into that? We just got a little ad read here. Oh, um, yeah. For anyone that's in the uh, Windsor, Ontario area in Canada, of course, um, if you need skate sharpening, you need your skates looked after, taken care of, um, you want to go where people like Ryan Ellis, Taylor Hall, uh, Michael DiPietro, the, go where the pros go. Uh, you go to Pat Skate Shop. Uh, you can get a hold of him. He's on Instagram at DoylePat89. Uh, he's not just going to sharpen your skates. Uh, he's going to get your wife goes to the spa for the day. She gets a mani petty. You drop your skates off at Pat. He's going to give your skates a little mani petty. He's going to really profile all your wheels. Uh, 
He's going to get you taken care of. It's purple octopus, red sweater, guaranteed. Uh, like I said, go see Pat Doyle. Uh, Doyle, Pat, 89. Uh, go where the pros go. Go see Pat. Wow, what a fucking ad read and what an oil change by Evan over here. Just made of a little fucking vodka water, lemon lime, hail are ya, during that ad read. Um, yes, yeah, so Red Wings. Like I was going to say, big offseason here. Uh, we got about – it'll be about $50 million in cap space uh, to play with over the summer. We have a couple expiring contracts coming up. Um, we can get into those now, but after that, I do want to look at some of the um, – free agents this summer and see if we can fit any pieces into the puzzle. That is the Detroit Red Wings rebuild. Um, starting from the top with expiring contracts. How sexy was that? By the way, Jesus Christ. I'm humming right now. Uh, yeah, baby. Philip Zadina is going to be an RFA this summer. What do you think? What sweater is Philip Zadina going to wear next year? Uh, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I'm just, first off, I want to state that we're not Steve Eisner and we have no idea what goes on in that. We have no idea. Sick mind. <laughs> when you yeah. think about the mind he has for hockey, I yeah. think it's like, when you think about like Stephen King, do you not think that's like the, his brain's kind Stephen of Hawking. Sick, and sick and tormented? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, dude, uh, like yeah, Stephen it's a... King um, to write like, you know, shit like that. Cujo and, and Pet Cemetery, shit like that. Oh, he's I, a sick I think fuck. Steve Eiserman's mind's kind of fucked up like that. He does sick like that. But but to say that, um, like, I, so I don't want to say one way or the other what goes, but I think that um, Zadina probably, you definitely give him a contract for, um, uh, you, you give him an, uh, extend him an offer, sorry. If not um, qualify him because he's qualify still an RFA him. and he'd be qualified for, I think the minimum at like nine fifty. You know what? Maybe you give him um, one one two or even one five for two years because I I know people are probably going to say, oh my god, one five the guy doesn't do anything. Okay, but but one five for Zadina is one five for two more years is going to be, you know not even a percentage of what Biden released of the U S oil reserves, you know, it's going to be, not, it's going to be nothing. It'll be nothing against the Red Wing salary cap. Okay. So I think I one five, you could bring Zadina back one five for two, even maybe three years, but so, two, I'd say one five, two years, Zadina, something so like that. I think you take him. This might be my hot take here with Zadina. Like we see flashes from this kid where it looks like we're going to get what we got, what we thought we were going to get when we drafted him. Right. And I think there is still something there with him. I think you surround him with better players. He's definitely a guy like, um, uh, oh, I'm not going to name one now cause I'm an idiot. And I can't think of one uh, uh, offhand, but, um, oh, Jake DeBrusque, he, he's going to be a significantly better player with better a better center and a better winger on it uh, on his line as well. I think you extend him until his, his uh, UFA year. So it would be a three-year contract. You put him at 1.5 for three. If it doesn't work out by that time, we'll be competing for cups. We cut that salary or we offer him a very small contract. The, uh, you can, you can consider what I'm going to propose a bridge plus deal, get him to his UFA year and see what happens. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Bring him to UFA. Yeah. And if it's not there at that point, 
then okay, then he's twenty six. Then he's twenty six years old. Yeah, um, twenty six years old. So, so if he's twenty six years old and he's not hacking at the NHL level, and hopefully, um, you know, he's not just a third liner in four or five years. Uh, four years, basically, we'll say. Uh, hopefully he's not that. And if he is, then it's time for him to, yeah, bye-bye because yeah. we will have somebody better coming by and hopefully his name's fucking Theodore Niederback. Cause I really like that kid. But hey, yeah, I agree with that on Zadina. Give him three years, give him one five. Yeah. Shit. Even give him 2 million bucks for Who what cares? we have to give on salary for the next five, six years. Um, uh, yeah. You, you, you throw him a little extra and, and hey, it doesn't work out. Okay. See ya. Boom. And you can tell Zidina, he really fucking cares about the game. And if you, if you talk to Philip Zadina, once we get a new coach, we can also talk about that. You say, Hey, we need you to get scrappier uh, along the boards. We need you to play a more 200 foot game. We want you to play power play too. You got to take more shots. That's something that that would be a great depth piece. Maybe he scores 15, 20 goals a year. He puts up 45 points a year. He's playing in that third line. Like that's a great piece for a playoff push. So um, that's kind of my summary on Zadina. I, I, I think we can't give up on him yet because there is so much potential and we've seen flashes of it. Yeah. I, and I agree. And I think the only suitable, um, the only suitable uh, defense for offense um, it, uh, on whether if we give up on him, um, if we give up on him and it's uh, and we instead take on Vitaly Kravtsov, I'm okay with that. But yes, other than that, I think the and those two guys are guys that are still so fucking raw that it's going to be undeniable once their touch is found in the National League. I don't know what who has a bigger man crush. I don't know if it's you on Kratzov or Biz on Michael Bunting winning the fucking Calder. Fuck. I think it's Biz on fucking every fucking person they've ever fucking interviewed. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, next player we got is Sam Gagne. I just want to point out a couple things here uh, with Sam Gagne. He's a very reliable, should probably be at, at this stage in his career, a fourth line um center or right wing I, I guess you can kind of deploy him either way depending on where your roster's um moving to however he is the oldest player on the forward core as of right now by four years and there is something that speaks to having a veteran presence like sam Gagne, a guy that clearly is very loved in the locker room and that brings a lot of that veteran presence all that sort of uh you know hockey shit mentality but i think it is important in this case um so I think that if, if Sam Gagne will come back, it will be another one-year deal, probably around 850, um, under a million though. What, what are your thoughts for, for gags? Uh, uh, that's exactly what I see. Um, I, I do more than anything. I mean, I could see it going either way, um, whether he, he resigns in Detroit or he, you know, Detroit just, I, you know, Eisenman decides to just say, hey, you know, ways, if, you, yeah. if you can find it somewhere else, you know, maybe go ahead and do a Jason Spezza thing in Toronto where you're, you know, your hometown, you know, go sign there for the league minimum. Um, but um, I, so I could see him going there to, to go to go play in Toronto maybe a year or two. Um, but I'm absolutely open to Sam Gagne resigning for one year at, 
850 or or whatever the league minimum it will be at for the veteran um, for the veteran league minimum it's 850 so yeah okay which is what he makes right now yeah okay not not harming a thing that, yeah. so that doesn't even move our our total from next year because that's just yep the same talent for the exact same dollar amount that we have i agree and, yeah and, and i mean and it's not even just it's not um not to take away from Sam Gagne because he's uh, a, one of the very – I don't want to – he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's um, a player well-known as as one of the uh, better centermen, anyway, face-off guys of his time. Um, he had a seven-point game, of course, and an, uh, an Edmonton Oilers record. Eight-point game. Okay. Yes, you're right. Eight-point game. <laughs> Um, and, and did that. And his father, of course, um, uh, uh, an NHL veteran and him and John Tavares buying the, uh, Toronto, uh, minor league teams there. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, um, for him to do stuff, uh, yeah, he could come back. Yeah. Okay. You want 850 grand? We'll take you back. We'll take you back. Um, but you know, if he decides maybe somewhere else to go, and he has uh, three or four young kids, and now he's been in Detroit almost, you know what, three years? Maybe, maybe. Apparently, he likes it here Detroit. too. So, yeah, and you know what? I know he was close with Sean Horkov in Edmonton, who is now high up in Detroit's, uh, you know, kind of chain of command. Um, and and you know, Sam Gagne is somebody that's. Um, gawked upon by by guys in the league you know as as one of the greats of his time can we take a Uh, quick uh, quick break i just got to show you something really quick this is going to be not good for podcasting but i'll explain it you know like those door stoppers like the thing that you flick and goes you know (laughs) my dog just ripped off that tiny white cap from the end of it yeah that protects the door from hitting the uh metal part of that thing the little vibrating guy my dog used to rip that shit off all the time. He can have it, I guess. Um, the next player on the list is, well, you know, before I, before I say Wait, his name. Wait, are we still recording? Yeah, yeah I, we can leave that oh, in. It's fine. Or I can edit it. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll um, just leave that shit in. Okay, it's all. So I want to I get, like, your take on this before I say who this player is. But we, we have to get to a point where we cut probably one, two, maybe even three players to make room for our upcoming prospects that are going to be ready for the lineup next year. Um, being generous, it could be three players. Realistically, probably one, maybe two, if you're feeling sexy. But this player is a guy that I, I think you can let go. We talked about him offline. Tara Hirose, he's on his UFA year, UFA G6. Um, do you think that he comes back? And if so, whose spot do you think he could potentially take who could come up next year? If okay, so I think um, if Hiroshi comes back, he's uh, Grand Rapids bound. Yes, um, I don't think he's on the NHL team next year. Um, he's not better than Giovanni Smith. I'd rather have Giovanni in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I'd rather have. Adam Ernie in the lineup. I'd rather Oscar Sunfist in the lineup. You know, Suter, Bertuzzi, Vrana, uh, Volano, 
I I don't see a spot where I prefer her roasty in the lineup over anybody. Um, so if he wants to come back as a, you know, on a two-way deal and be a, uh, you know, another a leader in Grand Rapids like he's been the last few years, uh, I'm okay with that. But I don't see him – I don't see any – any. I personally don't see any spot where he's an NHL player next year, uh, not even on the 23-man roster where he's a scratch, like an everyday healthy scratch. I see him as – strictly a Grand Rapids player or he's not worth having in the Detroit organization. That's nothing against our Rossi. I just think that that's where the development is at, that he's either every day in the AHL or he's somewhere else. Cause he's not just going to be a healthy scratch in the NHL. I agree. Uh, I will say, and I do agree with you. I don't, I don't think he's going to be in Detroit for much time next year, unless he's filling in as a, 13th forward um, here and there, maybe slotting in the fourth line, but the games that he has played this year, you can tell like he has some offensive upside on a power play unit. Is that enough to get him on a NHL roster? Probably not. Um, He's a, he's undersized. He's a good skater. He's got a solid shot from like, I mean, we haven't seen him much, so I, I won't like put all my fish in one barrel on that one, but Oh, for sure. Yeah, so I, I think that he probably, yeah, like you said, one-year extension, bring him to his UFA year at 26, get him those games in if he can, the nine or ten games that he probably needs. I don't know what the exact number number is, but it, it can't be more than 15. Um, and then either deal him, let him walk, whatever it may be. Yeah, um, that's pretty much what I foresee on him. Um I mean, we talked about Gagne and then Zadina was the other, the only other forward. Um, as far as defensemen, there's a lot of them. Um, well, uh, I gotta say, first and foremost, uh, as of right now, I would say DeKaiser and Markstall do not. Okay, they're gone. You think so? I think one I, of them comes back. I think I think Mark Stahl comes back. The Kaiser's gone. The Kaiser's uh, gone 100. Okay, you know what? Mark Stahl may Mark Stahl may come back. He he really may come back. Mm-hmm. That now that may also depend on how um, negotiations or contracts with Yolevi and Wallman go. My exact point. Go ahead though. Um. So yes, I I I don't ex- I, um and I and I don't hate that if stall comes back and um not that i expect the the kaiser to be back but i wouldn't be shocked to see him um headlining grand rapids defense um now whether he goes you know and he signs a a two-way deal and uh you know uh, so you know if detroit calls him up and tries to send him back down he goes through waivers which he would never get processed or he would never get claimed rather. Claimed, yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, if he, if he's going to decide to come back and, and play in Grand Rapids or something, I see that happening for DeKaiser. Um, I also see um, where Mark Stahl um, says goodbye to the game. Um, a game that's been very great to him. He's, uh, he's over a thousand. Uh, the first, trio of brothers to play over a thousand which is remarkable seeing as there was 
five Sutters that played, I thought, <laughs> way more than that. But, um, yeah, absolutely remarkable. I think Mark Stahl probably calls it a career after this. Um, and if he does, what a absolutely remarkable career. Yeah, 100%. I, I, Kaiser's gone. I, I don't think that he – he might go play in Sweden or something. I don't know. But uh, Mark Stahl – well, like I said with the Kaiser, I think okay, you know, if you want to come back and you want to, you want to jump a two-way deal and play in Grand Rapids, sure, I, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, and then if it like if it gets stuck where we got five defensemen hurt, at least we got somebody with experience that can come in, even though he's not an NHL defenseman. You know, he's better than somebody that's never played before. Yeah, and my my point here is is that. Either Mark Stahl or Danny DeKaiser are guaranteed to not come back. Reason being is that that left side D, we talked about it earlier, or you, you mentioned it earlier with Ulevi and Wallman. I would imagine that Ulevi or Wallman, one of them come back. I would imagine Stahl or DeKaiser come back, one of them. And then that third slot for the left D would be Simone Evanson. So I, I would imagine Jake Wallman gets resigned. He's a couple years older, but he's clearly a better player than Ulevi. Um, Mark Stahl comes back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I missed you one for one second. You cut out. Who did you say was just better than you, Levy? Uh, Jake Wallman is. So, like, the way that I'm looking yeah, at it okay, is Yeah, okay, okay. I, okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, the way I'm looking at it is that, like, you Levy or Wallman, one of them comes back. The Kaiser or Stallman, one of them comes back. I'm assuming it'll be Stahl and Wallman. And then that third uh, left shot, D, or the left defenseman uh, pair is going to be uh, Edvinson. So you make room for him by getting rid of two of those four guys. And then you have on your right side, uh, Cider first pair, Heronic second pair, Lindstrom third pair. Uh, on the right side. And then left side could be a combination of Stahl, Wallman, and Edvinson. I would assume Stahl plays in the first line with um, Cider. Second pair would be Edvinson. And then third pair would be Wallman. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I get, uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I got a, maybe a little bit of a different mashup in my head, but, um, uh, it, what do you think about what, now, what do you think about goaltending next year? Um, obvi- obviously we have the Delkovich. Um, do, do you think Calvin Pickard is our backup goaltender? If uh, he is, then we clearly don't think that we're in a spot to win any games. I think if Calvin Pickard is our goal, we're, we're at least not a, a team to. Um, I think with Calvin Pickard as our backup goaltender, I think we could be a, uh, a team that wins games, but may and maybe a playoff team, but not a team that's going to seriously contend. No, I also, I think that, hey, it, sorry, buddy. Can we can we pause for two minutes? Yeah, we can pause. Well, there remind me about Calvin Pickard. I want, I want to get into that for a sec. Okay, yeah. So Calvin Pickard, if he is our backup goalie next year and no one else gets signed, I think it's a sorry ass excuse for um a goalie tandem. Like we clearly need someone like Jonathan Bernier was landing in a bottle, like he was great for how old he was. We need someone like that where like someone with a veteran presence can come in. Um I'm looking at like the UFA tree right now, but like Michael Hutchinson. Uh, no, 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 no. He he doesn't have enough experience to come in and be a full time backup. What about and somebody? Uh, somebody. 
okay, he has enough experience to come in and be, he probably had enough experience to back up this team this year. He doesn't, Hutchinson, I wouldn't say, has the experience to back up a team that's, I'm not going to say a Stanley Cup contender or anything. He doesn't have the, to back up a playoff team. What about Keith Kincaid? No. You think so? Okay, well, anyway, my point is, like, you got to bring a veteran in who's probably over the age of 30 um, to have that backup spot because, obviously, Costa's not going to be there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I got about uh... – oh, you know what? No, there, there were two more two more uh, free agents, Carter Rowney and Mitchell Stevens. Wow. Uh, Stevens is an RFA, so there's chance he comes back. Uh, I don't see any reason Carter Rowney gets another dollar. Carter Rowney could be that spot that we need. Well, not need, but who could be the spot for um, Nacho Hansen. Who's the other prospect I'm thinking of? The other forward who could come in? Uh, fucking Bergeron. Sorry, jeez, had a brain fart there. Could come in if Bergeron has a great camp like Raymond did this year. That could be that could be a Bergie spot. So, yeah. Um. Okay, let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, unrestricted free agent goaltender next year. If you're Iserman, do you offer Braden Holtby five million bucks? I say, was thinking say, about that. Say, say one year or even two years. I was thinking about it. I, we, I, we, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but realistically, we could give Holtby uh, and and not even at all hurt the the team or back the team up. Uh, realistically, even like a, a day or two, um, if we gave Holtby two years, five million per ten million dollars over two years. Yeah, I, I the. So hope he's going to be 33 this offseason. He probably wants to be on a contender, if not re-sign with Dallas. I'm assuming there's no chance in hell he'd want to come to Detroit for his last couple of years of his career. Um, I mean, if we could get him two years by five, like that would really help like a lot. It would be good for the, for the young defensive core that we're going to have. Um, logistically though, I, I just don't, I don't think so. But, but all, but we, yeah, we, and we don't need, a starting goaltender. We right, exactly. Need, we just need somebody, you know, okay, a, a lot of people want to shit on Ned. Yeah, Ned was great. Everybody say, oh, Ned was so great last year with Carolina, and he he's was, not that guy this year. He's on a way worse team right now, and he's, way still, and he's still a fucking rookie. So let's give him another year, uh, you know, and, and plus – but yeah, I, we don't need to. Um, so that's what I was going to say. We don't need to go out and get somebody like a whole B. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I asked you that. Um, lower tier. Even somebody um, like a Jack Campbell, who's going to fetch money and is going to be a good starting goaltender in the national hockey league. Don't yeah. need to go out and get. Um, uh, obviously I don't think uh, Grice won't be capped. I don't think Victor Backstrom gets capped. So if Pickard gets capped as um, Nadelgovich's backup, because I don't see Kosa in the National League next year. Um, now, whether he plays back in the Western Hockey League again or whether he plays in the AHL with Bednar, um, 
you know, remains to be seen. And then whether Fulcher comes back, um, obviously, Philip Larson will not come back. There is talks, though, that um, USA uh, Olympic goaltender and former University of Michigan captain Strauss Mann um, is in contract talks, uh, a rumor that I've heard, with Grand Rapids. Um, now, we don't know if that is just a Grand Rapids deal or if it could be a Detroit two-way deal. Um, Strauss Mann played three years at Michigan. Last year was his last year. Um, he decided to forego his senior year this year, which confuses me because of the roster they put together. Um, he was their captain last year and uh, now played a year in Sweden and played on the U.S. Olympic team, was their number one goaltender. There is talks that he can uh, – he's uh, – I believe he's a Michigan guy, uh, Michigan kid, I probably should say. Um, so there is rumors that he's coming in, but don't know about that. Um, but again, yeah, I don't really see Backstrom or Falcher um, sticking around long-term and, and really – Picard either um yeah and, and again it sorry again it uh, kind of just depends um you know where Costa goes this year and whether he is ready next year to play full-time in the American Hockey League and be the number one guy in Grand Rapids or if he needs another year of being the guy uh in in the Canadian Hockey League I agree uh, I'm looking at some forwards right now, guys, like who would be realistic and like fit the timeline for us. Um, guys who like would be interested in playing in Detroit. Talking about like guys that are free agents this year? Going to be free agents. Yeah, I'm looking at I, I, my eye is going to the, the Seattle free agent. So Donato, uh, probably, and speaking of, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm confusing myself. Yeah, so Ron Donato, Seattle guy, I could see that as a real possibility. Nico Stern from Colorado, came from Minnesota. For some, for some reason, I thought he was Seattle, but yeah, came from uh, Minnesota. Nico Stern would be an interesting one. Um, Sam Lafferty is a Chicago uh, center who's uh, probably a third line center on a good team, maybe a fourth line center. Uh, Valdez Kushkin, if they can, if they can resign him, they probably will in Colorado. But I mean, there's not like a ton as far as like the forwards go. Um, I, I say we pick up probably like a middle six to bottom six center or winger, probably center. Um, I don't know, probably some peace players here and there. Okay. Now I have an intriguing question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who, um, not only Steve Eiserman, but um, other guy. Um, I've heard Lidstrom talk about him and Cronwall, and I mean, and, and Mickey Redman and Osgood. Not that they mean much, that they're just kind of broadcasters, but you know, Cronwall, Lidstrom, and Eiserman, and, and Maltby and Horkov involved with the organization. Mm-hmm. I've heard them talk about him multiple times, and I and I think it's very intriguing. Um, now, just if if he hits unrestricted free agency this year. And I'm talking about Johnny hockey, Johnny Goudreau on Calgary. Um, if you're Steve Eisman, could, do you offer him uh, six, six years times eight? 29 years old, or it's going to be 29 years old. 
He's had a crazy year this year. He's probably going to ask for eight. You, you said eight, right? Yeah, I, I think six times eight. See, like I'm just... uh, I, I think six times eight, not saying six times eight would get him. I think six times eight will probably be his starting ask. Like, yeah. and, and, and if he gets six, eight from, you know, say maybe Calgary and he wants to stay there and he gets, you know, seven, one from some other team, like, you know, and he doesn't want to go there, then he probably takes, but yeah, I think six. I have a hot take for you. Six, I'd rather around his starting, I think. I'd rather have Ryan Strom than Gaudreau. Uh, reason being is our left wing is going to be solid for a long time. I, I really think that we need a second line center. I think Ryan Strom is that piece. Ryan Strom is going to cost a lot less than Gaudreau is going to fetch. I also have the feeling that Gaudreau is going to stay in Calgary. And I think he wants to win now. Ryan Strom, though, is interesting because... New York won't be able to afford him. So he probably will be somewhere else. Um, whether that's with a contender or a team who can contend in a few years like Detroit will. But again, they're looking at their ages. But by the time they get to Detroit and are playing for a contending team, they're not they're gonna be 31, 32 years old. Do they want to wait that long in the prime of their careers? I don't know. Hey. But if you're somebody like Ryan Strom, it's like it's not like you're you're accelerating any further. And listen, I love what yeah. you're saying. I love everything you just fucking said because I am a huge Strom fan. So and I. I would love to have Ryan Strom or his brother. Fuck it, I'll take yeah. Dan. But absolutely, I will. I would rather Ryan Strom than um, Johnny well, Hockey than than Johnny Goudreau. Yep. Um, I don't think Goudreau will stay in Calgary. I think his time is done in Calgary after this year. I think he will probably leave. I don't think they have the money because they also need to give Matt Kachuk this year. Yeah, um, true. And, and I think you need to pay Matt. Um, he needs to get uh, Brady money. He needs to get a seven-year, you know, seven, eight times seven. Air. Um, he needs to be given the fucking C in Calgary. And if he's not given the C in Calgary, then it's clearly evident that, uh, and I mean, obviously we'll see ahead of time whether the C is given to him or not, whether if they give him an eight-year deal, then obviously he's getting the C. If they give him a two-year deal, he won't get the C and they'll be looking at trading him much like um, uh, Jake DeBrusque still in Boston, even though people said, they don't. They thought after her, the, Jake DeBrus signed the two-year extension I in thought Boston. He getting, yeah, he. But apparently, he has not rescinded his trade request, so he is still on the market. You know, so he will still be going and being looked at. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I I do think that. I don't know. I think this is either going to be a really underwhelming free agency for us. Um. And I think the reason it could be is because Eisman wants to really go all in on the new core, the really young guys like the most Siders, the Niederbachs, the Berggrens, the Raymonds, um, Wallanders, those guys. Or it could be it, it could I, be yeah, but all those guys. Sorry, all those guys aren't going to make it right away. Like. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no like if we were to have a very conservative offseason, like he he has full. Um, 
he, he thinks those guys are going to be the answer. But I think that if he does go out and sign a guy like fucking uh, toss out a well, name there. Should, should Okay, so to go on, I'm going to toss out a name. Should we not be wanting Stevie Y to go balls to the wall to get fucking Philip Forsberg in Motortown? For, uh, that, he, 26, 27? Philippe Forsberg, 27 years old, unrestricted so 20, free agent. Come on. I would say 1.3 points per game. I would should, say if should anything, we not be trying to give him 7 million over four years? Yeah. I, over Goudreau and uh, Strom, I think that Arvidsson yep. would be. Yeah, I'll take I'll, I'll take Forsberg over over or Forsberg, and not Arvidsson. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, no. Yeah, over over Goudreau and Strom, I'll take Forsberg also. Yeah, that would be like uh, if that does happen. If he if if there's rumors that Detroit's going after a big name like one of those players, which is all three of those guys are huge names. If it's rumored that we're linked to any of them, I think that what that signals to us is that. Iserman is comfortable with the roster we have now. He's comfortable with the core we have now with Bertuzzi, Larkin, um, X, Y, and Z players. He's also excited about the younger core who can come in and, and complement them in, in, in going forward. So I think that would be sexy. Like, I want that badly because I want to win now. Right. But I'm, and, I'm, also yeah. patient. I'm also patient. You're right. Like you said, what, what it says about who, what Iserman does, it, it will tell them how serious they think Eisenman is on how good they are. Um, well, they could be how, how good they could be tomorrow. Yes. Now, another rumor I've heard more and more is. Oh, yeah. Everybody's um, talking on, by the way. Is, is um, Detroit going after Max Domi in free agency? You know what? I've, I've heard that too. And I, well, I, I wouldn't say I've heard it. I saw a couple of tweets, but. He, he fits the play style of, uh, of Detroit. The, the thing that scares me is that, like, he's been bounced around a lot. I don't know if it's because of him. I would assume it's not because of him because his father had a great reputation. He seems to have a pretty solid reputation in the league. It's well, weird to yeah, me, though. Yeah, his dad had a good reputation. You're right. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, you're good. Fucking, but, uh, yeah, his dad had a good reputation. Max is obviously a lot better of a player than Way Ty better. is. Yeah. Um, now the now the thing I I think about is um, Joe Valeno or Max Domi. Take give me Joe, Joe Valeno. Valeno. Joe Valeno. Michael Rasmussen or Domi. Give me Rasmussen. So now I'm Toss down up. to um, Domi versus Pew Suter, and I'll take Pew Suter I'll over Max Suter Domi too. right now. Yeah. So I just I just don't think with with Suter, Valeno, Rasmussen that Domi is needed. Because not only call. not only are Rasmussen, Valeno, and Suter all natural centers, but they can also play both wings, and that's exactly yeah. what Domi is—a natural center that can play both wings. So he's not better than Valeno, Rasmussen, or Suter. So it doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I think right now he's he's better than Rasmussen and Valeno. Debatable about Pia Suter, um, but but I don't think I take him going. Yeah, future. in a, yes, in yes. a year yeah. I, and, and a year and a half, two yeah. years, I'm hoping that Valeno and Rasmussen are better. So that, yeah, I guess that's where I'm going hey, is. I'm not of, taking Domi because I'm going, well, these guys are going to be better. Speaking of Valeno and Rasmussen, uh, compared to two months ago, three months ago, those guys look infinitely better. Rasmussen looks like a hockey player. Valeno looks like he can 
dominate aspects of the game. He's he's not going to be a good skater though. Like that that's pretty clear from his development. But that guy is a big boy. How many times did I pull Raz's horn this year? Holy! I know, shit. and and I don't think that he's gonna be as good as we we should have expected him to be. No, I I like I. You know what I think I've said since the beginning of the season. I expect him to be a, a third line centerman. Yeah, you know, a Darren Helm, well, little more obviously a lot more size. And you know what? If he's not always a third line center, Darren Helm wasn't always either. But and, and quite like Helm, Rasmussen can play on the wings. That's what I expect out of Rasmussen's career. He could be 15 years as a steady forward on the Detroit Red Wings, quite like Darren Helm was. You know, no yeah. one ever said a really bad word about Darren Helm, and he did f- almost like 15 years as the, a Detroit the, Red well, Wings. The thing is that Darren Helm wasn't a first-round pick. Rasmussen is, and also I, I right, and you don't always hit on first-round picks. True, you don't. But I also think that the best way to deploy Michael Rasmussen is on the wing. He's not going to be a center. Like he's the, he's going to be the biggest winger in hockey history. He's what? Six, six fucking 10. He's like six, six. He's like six. six. He's he's like two seventy or something, but he loses every board battle. Like, I I don't know that he's, I I always forget that he's Canadian. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's uh, his parents are from Sweden, but his dad played hockey here. And, um, what I wanted to get at, unrestricted free agent this year, the brother of a former Red Wing, Brendan Smith. How about oh. Riley Smith? Would you give how much would you give Riley Smith uh, on a four year contract? Riley Smith, the current is Golden Knight, he is 31 years old. Oh, why is a lot older? Um. Uh... Maybe like a two year, two and a half. I don't know. I I don't. Oh, I don't really he's think, gonna get way more than that. Though. I, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't really want him in Detroit. Like if I was Steve, like if you get him on two, two and a yeah, half. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I don't. He's yeah. he's not needed. He goes in, to a contender. Uh, he he goes to a Colorado in the offseason once they shed some cap. Once they get rid of some UFAs, he goes to Toronto. He goes to Edmonton. I don't know. I, yeah. He's not going to Detroit. I don't think. No, probably not. So we look at so we look at Wallman, Yul Levy. Yeah. Um so Stall. yeah, what do we think? They both come back next year. No, I, I think uh, that there are RFAs. I think I think uh, obviously Grice is gone. Yeah, Grice is gone. Um Pickard, you know, it's possible he returns. I think that's a sad again that like again sad. that'll show though, that'll also determine though, is Kosa ready already? Uh, is Bednar maybe ready for the eight? You know what I mean? Wes, I got, I got, I got a question for you. Like, even if Kosa looks like he's ready, do you want to toss him in front of that defense we have right now? No, I don't want to put him in the NHL. Oh, in Grand Rapids. He could determine how Pickard moves in the organization wise that way. I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because with him and Bednar. That's um, a good point. But I, I mean, I would just assume. Kosa plays in juniors again next year. We would hope so. But again, right? but again, he's been dominating this year. So it could be that he has nothing left to do there. So they 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 have to put and again, uh Jan Bednar also who's been dominating the Quebec League. They they both have just had such great years that they might need to be in pro hockey more than juniors because there's nothing left that junior hockey has that they can prove. 
Yeah. See, like, I, I definitely agree with that take, but it, like playing devil's advocate, he's a goalie and he's young. He's 19. I don't know. I, I'd rather have him. I'd rather have, have him like overly ripe than overly underripe, if that makes sense. Well, yo, I absolutely get it. It's just the fact that they're both just dominating their leagues right yeah, now, right? Like Tosa's dominating the WHL. Uh, Bednar's dominating the Quebec League. And if they both just go on runs like this, then it's like, well, you can't do anything else. And you can't keep them in uh, like that. You can't keep them in juniors anymore because they just are over dominating. Yeah. No, um, I, I know what you mean. So you got to do something with them. Um, I, w- I would assume that Bednar probably, uh, if if oh, this is a case that happens, I would assume it's Bednar who who can afford another year playing juniors. Um, whether if Kosick comes up next year, and I mean, you know, lose Grice, they really could, um, you know, it, if Kosa is going to be the real deal, uh, you know, the the new uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, the new Carey Price, he may very well just sit back and ride the pine behind Nadelkovich next yeah. year. Yeah, It's a very real possibility that he is in the National Hockey League as a backup next year. Um, and, you know, um, I would hope, I don't think it, it happens, but I mean, Let's knock on wood that he would take the starting job from Nadelkovic next year. Let's hope that he's that fucking good. Okay, hottest. Give give me one off season signing, and then we'll wrap up. One off season signing, the spiciest that you can imagine. Who's coming to Detroit that would change? Not everything. Who would make a lasting impact on the way this team is structured going forward? Okay, give me one. And l- let me let me phrase that better. If you could sign, if you could sign one guy, who would you sign? Anybody in the NHL? UFAs, UFAs. Okay, UFAs. Now I got to look at a UFA list here. Oh, the game uh, just started. Also, um, what's that? Sorry, the game just started. Also, yeah. Uh, oh God, this game's gonna be ugly. You know what? I personally, I would say. It, um, I, I, I just got to say, I'm looking at this list and UFAs are disappointing me. I'm going to, I'm just going to go on RFAs. Also, I'm going to say if I'm Steve Eiserman and I go after one restricted free agent this year, offer sheet time, I'm throwing Brock Besser a blank fucking oh. check, baby. So what, what would his comp be? Would it be three first round picks for Brock Besser? Well, it depends on the money that's given, right? Right. So like he's probably gonna be between six, six and a half and well nine. He makes five nine now. Yeah, so six and a half and nine, we'll call it. Somewhere in that window, which I think would be three first round picks. Yeah. Which now, I don't think I'd do. Regardless though, go ahead. Well, here's the thing is see, that gets very interesting when you know when you look at like, oh, it's three first round picks, say. 
So, so say Detroit does that, right? Detroit would have to give up their 22, 23, Wait, Can we say 24. like what that means if like people are still listening? Like if, if we put a tender offer on an RFA who is a guy who is under 26 typically, which would be Brock Besser, there's a compensation right. pick. And, and it's at picks. a certain amount of money. If it's over, I think, eight and a half million, then we have to give up our next three first round draft picks. As compensation now, for that. Now, yeah. what I was getting at though is – there's a very uh, a, a, oh, Pasternak's hurt. Pasternak's hurt. I sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he's in the in the locker room. Okay, I feel like there's a margin on that rule that people don't know about. Okay, so say we trade somebody uh, this off season, right? So we have our own 22, 23, and twenty four firsts, right? If we make a trade and we say we swap 2022, this year's first, say we swap our first with Toronto's first, right? Yeah. We can't make that pitch to Brock Besser and Uh, give up three firsts. They have to be your own draft picks. So even though you have a first round pick that year, it has to be your pick. So we couldn't trade our first to Toronto and then try to sign an RFA and give up that pick as ours because it wouldn't count. Interesting. Okay. Also, um, I want to give one more sh- big shout out. Uh, yesterday, I cashed in $50. I put on Austin Matthews to score in Toronto to beat Tampa. Big $173 win for me. Clap it up. Clap it up for the gamblers out there. There we go. Uh, that, that guy might new, be the best goal scorer. That was on the scorer. new score, bet. That was my biz boost. Is Austin Matthews the best goal scorer of the league? Right now he is, yes. Yeah, I think so, too. He's an American, too. Thanks for coming. Um, my Thanks for coming. You never heard of Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> no, Wayne Gretzky is, like, one guy. Like, if I could beat one person <laughs> in the world, it might be Wayne Gretzky. So. You want to keep talking about Canadians? Let's talk about Eve Gascon. Got her first win, female goaltender in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Let's go. That's huge. Big oh, hey, one, for one, one thing real quick. Well, well, while we're talking about it, if, if I could sign one UFA, it's either going to be Forsberg, who you brought up. But I didn't even know who's UFA, to be honest with you. I thought he had one more year. Um, but the second guy would be John fucking Klingberg on the back end. Give me give me a four by give me a four by six for him. Well, Clingy. Oh, yeah. Four by six for Klingberg would actually be real nice. Can you imagine a, a Moritz Sider John Klingberg pairing? That I might don't be know. the best pairing. I don't in the know league. because uh, because we the best pairing in the league might be Moritz Sider Simon Evanson. We can't do that. You can't. You can't do it. I I want to. I'm so bad, but doing can't. it. I do. We can't. We can't. You can't do it. You can't. Doing it. it goes against everything we know about hockey to put those guys Holy together. Holy Levy, Gustav Lindstrom, baby. Woo! You know what? That sounds that sounds not too bad. It also sounds like one of those guys will not be on the lineup next year. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and you know Lindstrom's going to be here. I, yeah. I was speaking of speaking Lindstrom's of Lindstrom's a stable on the back end, baby. I, see, like, he's, he's a weird stable. He's not like a typical stable. He's like a I don't know. I that yeah, guy he's is there for weird... some reason, but we're not 100 percent sure about it. Is he a forward at heart? Is he actually a forward? 
I don't know. They heard Lindstrom. They just threw him at the back end. <laughs> they were like Lindstrom. They're like, no, Lindstrom. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. sounds familiar. Put him on Close defense. enough. Yeah, close enough. All right, we really got to end this because I got to piss my pants here. All right, good episode. Talk All right, later. buddy. Yeah, talk to you.